0: This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community, inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Good morning. Would you stand up here with me just a minute? Just want to Before we get started with the message, I just wanted to uh, say to you, Daniel, I want to say it face to face, how much I appreciate what you do see, you're the most important person on Sunday morning, the worship leader, because you're the one that's taking us before the throne of God to do what we're really called to do when we come to church. We are called to worship our God, to express our love, to express our devotion, to express to him our needs, our hurts, our pains, our joys. That is why we worship. We want God to know how much we depend on him, how much we love him, and how much we are prepared to hear from him if the message is good or if the message is not so good but what we do in worship is the important thing not the message and so what you do is awesome and folks i just want to tell you it's hard to stand up here and do what daniel does especially when he doesn't see response when it when his job is to when his calling is to lead us to the throne of worship and we stand maybe silent, or we stand without much expression. Um, you know, it's, it makes it harder. Would you agree to that, or not? They, yeah, no. You own little, You're on your own world, Lord. <laughs> well, whether you ex, um, you should be expressive in worship. Not be afraid of what your neighbor might think or whatever. If you feel like, you know, lifting your hands or singing to the top of your lungs, you do that. That's worship. It's between you and God, not you and your neighbor. And after a while, uh, maybe this week sometime, you can let Daniel know just how much you appreciate him as well. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you sir. The worship leader at our church, he will sometimes, after the service is over, he will go out into uh, the congregation. It's, and it's a large congregation. But he will go out and pick out certain people just to compliment them on their worship. Um, That, you know, how he and how they encourage him because they're responding to the Lord in worship. So, uh, and, you know, and it's a large group, but he still finds those individuals as ones that are really inspiring him. We know uh, last week, and by the way, the verse this morning, uh, Jeremiah, that uh, uh, George read for us, I, I told him as I walked in what the message was on. I don't know if he went and picked that out in relation to that, but it's a perfect verse for us because we are indeed uh, believing in the plans of God for us and for this church. Last week, we started out by looking real quickly at the command of, God, of Jesus and the commissioning. And the command is to love your Lord, your God, and, the, uh, and, and love others as well. That's the great commandment. But the great commissioning we focused on a little bit, and that is Matthew 28 and 19. These were the last words Jesus said to his disciples, to the church that was going to become, and giving them their walking papers, giving them their the very thing that they were to do and he said it started out like this therefore go and make disciples the very thing above all things that we are to concentrate on as we are out in the world is making disciples and i noted that the nuance of the greek word that's translated go there therefore go really is going and the idea is that while you're going through life. Sometimes we look at, while, uh, therefore, go and make disciples. We're thinking of it like a missionary call to go to some foreign place. But that's not what the verse meant. That's not what Jesus meant. He meant to each one of us, while going through life. Every place we go whatever it is grocery store work school down the street at the pool whatever it is the gym where you're going through life as you go to those places and while going through life your number one thing to remember is that you are a disciple maker and you look for those opportunities to do that so um, i want you to say that phrase with me this morning while going through life would you say it with me while going through life let's do it again while going through life we said that last week if you were here and i ask you to to keep that in mind as you went out the, that week and i'm going to ask you to do that again just keep that phrase in your mind every time you get ready to go out the door good thing to do is just to pray lord give me an opportunity while i'm going through life to be a disciple maker uh, in his book an extraordinary person in the ordinary world dr robert schuller pastor of the uh, Crystal Cathedral out in California for many years. He wrote this book, and in it he put a lot of stories about um, how people had responded to things that, that he had preached upon. And he had preached upon potential one time, and a farmer from Ohio in Pleasant Plain, Ohio wrote him a letter, and in that letter was a soybean. Now, here in the Midwest, we know all about soybeans and the importance, and we see fields of them. Uh, everywhere they're important but he wrote him a letter and put this soybean in there and he said you know four years ago Dr. Shudor I had the worst year in my farming career it was so wet I couldn't harvest it was so wet a lot of the plants didn't make it they didn't they didn't grow well and he said I was literally walking through my fields trying to pick a bushel of soybeans here and a bushel of soybeans there and he said, "Son, I came upon one unusual plant. Didn't look like anything else in my field. It was big, it was healthy, it was a plant that, I, he said, I couldn't believe it was there. And he said, on this plant, there were um, a number of, of pods, and when I cracked those pods open later to see what was in it, out of the 202 pods on this one plant, there were over 500 seeds and I thought, man, this plant has potential. It has potential to, to be maybe something that will grow great crops in the future. So he saved those 500 seeds, and the next year he took a part of his little garden, and he planted those seeds there. And those seeds, he said, produced an amazing 32 pounds. Now, I don't know much about soybean farming, but apparently that's a lot of, that was a lot for just those little amount of plants he said, so I, I thought, man, this does have potential. So he saved all those seeds. The next year, he planted a full acre of those soybeans, and he said it produced an amazing 2,400 pounds of seeds. And he said, I, I just I couldn't believe it. So he said he saved those seeds, and the next year he went out, and he had 68 acres on his farm. He planted all 68 acres with those seeds that came from that one plant that he thought had real potential. And he said, the next year, I've harvested the most I have ever harvested from my fields. I harvested 2,100 bushels of soybeans. He said, I got $15,000. Sounds like a lot of money for maybe for that time. And he said, I want you to know it was because I saw in one plant in a 60 8 acre farm I saw one plant that I thought had potential building on our potential you know the thing is that all of us have potential we have potential to be everything everything God created us to be we all have potential because God made us And he made each of us with one kind of blueprint and he threw that blueprint away when he was done creating you. And some people said, aren't we so glad of that? We have potential because God, the scripture says, he knitted you together in your mother's womb. You are the unique person that God imagined when he started creating you. If he had that much imagination to create you and make you a unique person like no one else, then believe this. He put in you potential to do the very things he created you to do. But you see, here's the thing about that. Your awesome, God-given potential, it exponentially increases once you begin that personal relationship with God. How do you do that? Through your faith in Christ. When you come to that place where you believe that Jesus was the Son of God who died on a cross for one purpose, and that was to give forgiveness to those who would believe in him, when you take that step and say, forgive me of my sin, Lord Jesus, I turn my life over to you, come to my life, and he puts into you that power that he expresses as the Holy Spirit of God, When he does that, your potential exponentially begins to increase because you are now spiritually in unison with your God. And that relationship with the Spirit of God means that God is going to empower you. You have the power of God within you as a part of who you are, as a part of your spiritual DNA. And it is the power, that power that guarantees that you indeed can do all God intended you to do. You can meet all the potential that he has placed in you. So using the phrase that we repeated a while ago this morning, here is the challenge I want to start out with this morning. While going through life, while going through life, What opportunities will you seek to fulfill, to take full advantage of your God-given potential? What opportunities will you seek? See, because you just don't know how God's going to use you. You don't know what he he has in mind for you. But if we don't purposely look for those opportunities, we just might miss building on that potential that he has given us. And for you here as Journey Church, this could not be more relevant for your own understanding as the body of Christ. Building on your potential as Journey lies before you. You don't have to create some potential for Journey Church. You already have it. You as a church, you are unique in this community. You're unique in Southwest Ohio because that's how God created this church to be. Unique. You have the potential to be exactly what God has planned all along. Now we may not know exactly at this moment uh, what God has planned. We may not know exactly how that plan is going to come to fruition. But whatever it is, know this, God believes in you. You are a community of people called Journey Church. You were brought together by God's plan to use your potential for such a time as this. The power of the Spirit within you has pulled you all together to create something bigger and bolder than you ever imagined. If you stop and think about how you ended up at Journey Church, I'm sure you're going to see a series of connections that you met this person, you heard this thing, whatever, and you can follow the path that led you to be a part of Journey. Because, see, you're not an accident in Journey. You're part of God's plan. When I was 34 years old, I told a little bit of my testimony last week. I came to know the Lord. Wife, two children young boys we thought they needed to be in church we tried to find a a couple of different churches that we liked but for some reason they just didn't seem right and there was this big old church up in clayton salem church and we we had two connections to it one we had some of our best friends they went there every time we saw them it was how great the church is and how great this and and, you know and, and they just went on and on and on But you know, it was a big church, and I just thought, I have no interest in going to some big old church. Then our son, our youngest son, his friends started taking him to that church, and he would come home so excited about what they were doing in Sunday school and everything. So finally, we decided, well, if we're going to go church shopping, we've got to go to Salem because we don't want to hurt our friend's feelings by never going. So we went there. I look back and see the series of Connections that brought us there. Even that our friend later on told us that before we ever came, their Bible study group every week prayed for Sharon and I to find the Lord and come to church. See, if you look and and trace it back, you can see that this was God's plan for us and it's God's plan. You're not here by accident. You just didn't stumble in. God wanted you here. You're a part of the potential that this church has. i'm going to be very frank with you very frank i can do this because i'm only here for a limited time so i'm just going to get right down to it you want to know what often derails a church why it can't go and meet all the potential that god has for it it's because the church lets itself get boxed in boxed into by the past by events that happened that weren't maybe so good even sometimes we get boxed in by the events that were just great that were awesome and we think we just got to keep doing that awesome thing we did five years ago because it worked back then and we get boxed in to wanting to do the same things or we get so down that we're boxed in by our unbelief that we'll ever going to get out of this but i want to tell you something that's even worse than that it's even worse nothing a pastor or a leader hates to hear more than this but we have never done it that way before it's like people signing a death certificate we have never done it that way before (laughs) my church didn't like it when i would say good i'm glad we've never done it that way before because that means it's even going to be better we're never, we've never done it that way before means I don't think we can do it. I don't think we can do something new. I don't think it'll work. It boxes you in not to be able to be everything that God wants to lead you to. I can tell you from experience, the bold plan of God is going to catch you off guard. It will every time. It always takes you where you've never been. That plan will take us outside of what we call our comfort zone. My mentor and disciple, when I was a new Christian, he always talked about the comfort zone, that little circle of confidence that I had in what I did. As long as I stayed within that little circle of confidence, you know, I could do things. He was always pushing me to step outside that. Hey, Roy, at this, at this next meeting, I want you to get up and recite your, uh, uh, this verse. Learn this verse and get up and recite it. Hey, Roy, I want you to give your testimony at this meeting. One time, now Salem, as you know, is a big church, and back then they were having Sunday night service, and there'd be maybe five hundred people show up. So, and if you want to see your church grow, come up here and talk. I mean, it it looks like there's twice as many as you thought there were. It's a scary thing. And and he said, I want you to come up, and and you know how we in the Church of God do? We don't read prayers. We don't read out out of a prayer book. Your, your your prayers are spontaneous conversations with God. <laughs> So I I was just petrified. And and he said, don't worry about it. I'll introduce you and have you come on up and you can pray. So he did introduce me. And here's how he introduced me. I want you all to meet Roy. And he's fairly new here. And he's in my Bible study and everything. And I just want you to know a little bit about his testimony. This man's drank more beer than I've drank water. (laughs) Well, that just boosted my confidence to go up in front of all those people. You know we have to step outside of our comfort zone and every time we do that circle of confidence grows because we've done that before and as a church you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone i can almost guarantee you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone because god's plan is always to take you beyond where you are now The first church I went to was not unlike your church as far as size goes, except they were in a lot worse condition than you are. Your bu- your build- building is beautiful. This setup is just awesome. It's great. It looks nice, except maybe for your parking lot. But other than that, it looks it looks great. We I went to Marshall Road and right at the time when they were doing the new budget. And the, the leadership met, and this is what they said. All right, it's time to make the new budget. Last year, the people gave this amount, so we're going to make the budget a little bit less than that. And I said, what? Yeah, we're going to make the budget a little bit less than what they gave to make sure that we meet the budget. And I said, no, no, we can't do that. What do you mean? We've got to give something for people to reach up to, not something for people to reach down to. We've got to make the budget bigger. We've got to believe that God is going to provide new people, new givers, new what, and the people that are here are going to open up and be more uh, faithful to God in their own giving. We can't do that. We will never get out of where we are now. So they reluctantly, but they did, they made a bigger budget. Next thing on the agenda, the building. Their building was a wreck. I just want to tell you it was a wreck. They had those suspended ceiling tiles, and there hardly was a room that didn't have leaks showing up on it. The roof was a mess. And I said, look, before you do anything to the building, we've got to get this roof fixed because if we put new carpet in or whatever, it's just going to ruin it. We've got to get the roof fixed. And one of the more positive guys on the board said, hey, you can't fix it. We've, we've, we've talked about it and it costs too much money and, and we can't agree on why it leaks and, and it, so it's not, we're not gonna fix the roof. I said, we, we got to. So I said, let's start all over. We brought in a different contractor to look at the roof and, and he came in to the meeting and we had and he said, I guarantee you I can fix this situation. It'll be about a $25,000 fix. And I said, would you give us a 10 year guarantee that it won't leak, unheard of, right? Yes, I will. I'll give you a ten-year guarantee that it won't leak. So that got the board to say, "Okay, but where are we going to get twenty-five thousand? We don't have twenty-five thousand. What are we going to do?" I said, "We're going to do a fundraiser." He said, "Wait a minute. You just asked the people to give more to make this bigger budget. Now you're going to turn right around the same month and ask them to give twenty-five thousand dollars? We couldn't even make last budget. How's that going to work?" I said, "Because we're going to trust God in this." We have to trust God. It's his plan, not ours. It's his church, not ours. So I went to five families. If you see me coming, you better be. I went to five families and I said, look, you are, you are, you are one of the, the people that leads this church, the people that the church looks to. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to give $2,000 to this roof fund. And we'll get. I said I'll get four other families to do the same thing. We'll have five families giving two thousand each. That'll be ten thousand. And I'm going to get in front of the congregation and say we are. We've got these families are going to give the ten thousand if, if you match it. Idea twenty thousand dollars. Well, we didn't get twenty thousand. In four months, we had twenty seven thousand dollars. And, my, and the leaders were going, I don't know how that happened. I said, it happened because these people were ready to follow God's plan. Then the bid of 25000 on a roof, when they got done, they gave us the bill, it was only 23000 God was so faithful to us of being ones who were ready to step out in faith. They didn't see their own potential until they trusted God's bold plan amazingly, after that, they were much more willing to start going out and taking the chances and challenging the people. You know, I remember reading a behavioral scientist who discovered that we are usually prepared to see what we think we'll see, and we're not prepared to try and see other things. It happens to me all the time. I'll ask my wife, where's the Where's the aspirins? They're in the medicine cabinet. I'll go in and look. No, they're not in there. Yes, they are. No, they're not. She'll go in. Right there they are. See, I was prepared to see a bottle that looked different. And I couldn't see the one that said aspirin on it. I'm just focused on what I want to see, what I thought I would see. That is our God-given, unfortunately, nature is to see what we want to see and not look openly to what might be. See, when it comes to the future here at Journey, we need to ask ourselves, as a church, what are we seeing? That things didn't work out as we hoped they would, and here we are, is that what we see? As an individual, what are you seeing? I've reached my limit, I don't, I can't do anymore, I'm just here to to be in church. On the other hand, what are we not seeing? Hopefully, you are seeing your potential. And I believe if we have prepared ourselves, ourselves with a, a great attitude of hope, an attitude of there are opportunities that God is going to give us, and they're everywhere. So, hopefully, if we, if we prepare ourselves that way, believing in our potential, building on our, our potential, we're going to have a tremendous impact. It's going to have an impact on our own lives as we look for our potential. It's going to have an impact on Journey Church as we look for the potential. While going through life, look for the opportunities. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. I love this verse. I loved it because I could see me in this. It says anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. New life has begun. You see, I apply this verse to us here at the church because whatever has been the past, that's the old. God said, let's start something new. The new, the new has started right now. It's starting with you. Out with the old. The new is the promise of that verse. We should be looking for the new with the same passion that we want to get rid of old stuff in our life. Because each new opportunity is going to help us build on the potential for our life. It's going to help us build on the potential for journey. The Apostle Paul, the most prolific writer of the New Testament. I mean, this guy, he's the most godly Christ follower in the scriptures that we know of because he wrote so much. But this is what Paul said about himself. He says I press on toward the goal this is Philippians 314 he said I press onward toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus Paul was pressing forward toward the goal to win that prize why was he saying what was he saying he was saying I am seeking the opportunities I, I want to build My potential that God has given me he was seeking the opportunities that God had for him because he saw the world needed a savior so here's the next question are the new opportunities that God might want to challenge what are the new opportunities that God might want to challenge you to take it's a scary thought it's a scary thought to take on new challenges and new opportunities. Are you uneasy with the thought that God might want you to do something new? Indeed, the unknowns of change can be scary. If we have faith in our God, then we also know that these challenges, these opportunities, will best be met with that good attitude. That attitude that believes, that attitude that has hope, that attitude that is looking for the opportunities. I mean, these are the things that you actually teach your children and your grandchildren. Have a good attitude. You know, do, have a positive attitude about school or whatever. How can we teach this to our kids over and over how good it would be to have a good attitude and yet we don't teach it to ourselves? This morning, I just want to challenge you to see all of this as a lesson for you as a church. Journey Church. You need to see your God-given potential. You need to believe in your God-given potential. You need that positive, faith-filled, good attitude. That what God has given you he wants to multiply. You are like that wonderful plant out in that soybean field that's unusual. It's unique. It's different. And God says, I want to take what you have and I want to multiply that. I want to multiply that. You know why? Because there are lost souls in Westchester. There are lost souls in Southwest Ohio. There are lost souls in the world and it's through your uniqueness that some of those will be found. Like the story of that soybean plant, he wants to take the potential you have right now and he wants to build on that potential. He wants you to prepare your hearts and your minds for the plan that he is going to produce through you. Are there new opportunities that God might want to challenge Journey Church to take? (laughs) Well, you think God's plan is going to be bold? What do you think? Yeah. Well, there's some enthusiasm. Do you think God's plan for Journey Church is going to be bold? Is it going to challenge us to take those those? Those things and, and do them and you think carrying that plan out is going to be challenging I mean it's no doubt it will be but here's whatever whatever God gives you as a plan whatever he gives you as an opportunity it will not exceed your potential you have the potential to do everything everything that God puts in your path now it may be beyond your comfort zone for sure But it's not beyond your God-given potential. Think about the bold plan God had for Jesus. I mean, it's it's as bold a plan as you can have. God told his son, listen, you're the only one. You're the only one who can be sacrificed for the sins of all humankind. Only you. So, therefore, I need to send you to earth so that you can go on the cross and be the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> but you know what? I can't find any place in the scripture where Jesus said, okay, but I'm going to play it safe. In fact, Jesus was just the opposite of being safe, he caused a ruckus about everywhere he went. He blew the minds of the religious leaders over and over again. He stunned his own disciples, his closest followers, the 12. They were stunned at what Jesus wanted to do and what he, they saw him do. He rocked the community that they were in, the Jewish community. He rocked it to its foundations. And because he followed the bold, bold plan of God, he changed the world. Now, we know that Jesus had some earthly challenges, no doubt about it. And what? We're going to have the same thing. We're going to have challenges. There will always be a collision between the earthly life we live and the spiritual life that we are trying to live. Even Jesus experienced that. His own disciples tried to prevent him from carrying out God's plan of sacrificing himself on the cross. But regardless of what those around him said, Jesus pressed forward because he wanted to reach the lost souls of his community. Because he knew that God's bold plan was to take that community of believers and reach souls beyond their community. God's goal, his his plan for you Is so bold that he already knows that if we can get on the plan, we are going to not only change our hearts, but we're going to start changing hearts all around us. And those lost souls that Jesus died for, it includes you and me. So I want you to rest assured, regardless of the challenges ahead. I want you to rest assured. Opportunities given to us by God will build on your potential. And nothing God gives you will exceed your potential. You can do this. Now, as I said last week, I always end with the next step. So the next step this morning involves all of you. What i would like for you to do if you would please stand i'd like you to come together here in the center hold hands if you don't like to hold hands touch elbows whatever you want to do but it's a sign of unity that we are coming together just right out here and where you're at you don't you don't have to come forward but just wherever you're at just stretch across the just stretch across the aisles just be together form a group of unity And then I want to pray for you. And what I want to pray for you is that you would sense an openness to how God wants to build on our potential. Bow with me. Father, we're going to recognize right now that we are not here by accident. Just our very attendance in this room this day is part of your plan. Maybe this is the core. It certainly is a group that can start looking for new ways that Journey Church can be all that you created it to be. I pray that you will open every mind here. You will open every heart that you will speak to every spirit and give them confidence today that what you have planned, they can do. It may be different. It may be challenging. But it's nothing, God, that is beyond their potential. Encourage them with that. I pray for every person here, especially if there's any here today that really doesn't have that deep relationship with you where they have asked for that forgiveness of sin. They have asked you to come, have not yet asked you to come into their life. Or maybe they have, but they really haven't experienced the empowering spirit and need to submit deeper into a relationship with you. I pray for each one that by the time that we leave this place, that we're all on the same page, believers in Christ, ready to grow and our potential ready to understand your plan and embrace it help us all to encourage our leaders they've got a tough job help them help us to encourage them and be so faithful to this church whether it's in our serving our attendance our giving may we be just super super um, committed to give what all we can to make your plan become the plan that we live by and i ask this all in christ's name and the people said amen okay you may go back to your seats before i'm seated here i just would like to uh, give you one more little challenge I would like to challenge you this week to call somebody that's not here. Or communicate to them, email, text them, whatever. But I would like for you to find those that aren't here and say to them God is moving in a new way. We haven't seen you. I want you to come back and give it another shot. Come back and be a part. Because a lot of people would love to do that, but they need to be invited. They needed to know that somebody here really cared. So find somebody that you know that's not here today. And then if you find somebody that is not attending church anywhere, <laughs> you know, don't miss that opportunity. Don't miss that opportunity to bring them to church next year. Next week, I'm, or next time I preach, won't be next week. But I'm going to tell you a story about divine opportunity that came into my life. And it's, I think it's just an amazing story of how God opens doors. Next week, um, our director of Ohio Ministries for the Church of God, Esther Cottrell, is going to be here. She's an amazing communicator. She's going to be here to speak with you. That's another reason people need to be here. Ask them to come back just to hear some of what Esther is going to uh, have for us as a, a way to move forward in this time. Let's see if we can't double amount of people that hear here today. Can you do that? I guess my hearing's bad. <laughs> Thank you.